Church, you guys can stand up. We're going to praise Jesus this morning of his goodness, his faithfulness. He is worthy of all we got. Sing this out. Because I will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your love. Though the seasons come quickly, you've always been enough. Though the night may get darker, though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. Cause you are good. And in the morning I say you are good. And in the evening I say you are good. You are good to me. Yes, oh.
right, good morning, Freedom Center family. So glad to be back with you guys again for another Sunday. I pray that you guys are having a phenomenal day today. We're gonna get right to things and just wanted to let you know that we have a membership class coming up September 19th. I know many of you have been asking, when's the next time that I can uh, come to membership and be a part of what God's doing? Or maybe you just have questions of what does Freedom Center believe? Where are they going? This is the perfect, perfect opportunity for you to come and get the answers to those questions. So mark your calendar, September 19th, 9 a.m. to 12, 12.30-ish. Um, we will have just a great time of Pastor Jim teaching. He'll go over the doctrines with you. You're gonna get to meet all of our staff members. And it's just a great way to get more just in depth with what Freedom Center Church is doing. So if you would like to do that, we're gonna invite you to text a membership class to 810-629-5261 so we can get you signed up and get you connected. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we are not able to offer childcare for that. But if you need help with that, please let us know because we wanna make sure that there's nothing standing in the way of you being able to be here. Um, we are just excited about what God is continuing to do at Freedom Center Church. Last Sunday morning, we had over 190 people in the main auditorium. We had over 95 volunteers sign up to help. The kids areas were booming. And we want you guys to really consider getting back to church. We know some of you aren't comfortable yet, and that's great, but we do have drive-in available for you guys, 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Jim's teaching a Bible study out on the baseball field every Sunday morning, weather permitting, at 10.30 a.m. And these are great ways to stay connected as well as live stream. So we just thank you guys so much for just your continued faithfulness. And we just know that God's just, you know, ready for all of us to get back together and everything as I know many of you are. So we are ready to receive this morning's offering. Just wanted to remind you guys, if you would like to donate by cash or check, you can do so by mailing that to PO Box 52, Benton, Michigan 48430. You can also sign up online to donate if you would like to do that by going to freedomcenter.church forward slash links and it will just have a link there for you to go to. You can also sign up for any of our services that we are having that week as well. And we thank you guys again for just being so awesome in all that you do. Um, we're getting ready to go into a Kingdom Builders video. We're just focusing on missionaries this month and everything that God's doing through Kingdom Builders to the missionaries so that the missionaries can be effective where they are and what God has called them to. So I'm going to pray for you guys real quick, but again, thank you for being a blessing to Freedom Center Church, to Kingdom Builders, so that we can continue to reach the lost at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs. So God, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness, God. We thank you for the missionaries, God. We thank you for just the things that you are teaching them, the ways that you're preparing them. So Father, I pray that you would just teach us as well about generosity and what it means to be generous with all that you have given us, Father. May we sow seeds, Father, that we would see a plentiful harvest, God. And we just thank you for what you're doing. God, bless your sons and your daughters right now. Bless their finances, Jesus. Bless Freedom Center Church, and we're just gonna give you all the glory. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. My name uh, is Jason, and this is Bethany, and we work in Northern Asia. And uh, we've been there since 2007. 
So the current city that we're in, we got to in 2018 mm -hmm. and we launched a team there. We were super excited. We all got to the field within a few weeks of each other, but quickly we found out that a huge number of workers had had to leave or had been sent home. And so every door that we knocked on seemed to be closed and people just kept telling us, wait. But we did, we just took that time as a team and that week we met with one of the leaders and he was just asking us about our heart. We said, you know, we really have a heart for orphans and these left behind kids and specifically those with HIV because we'd worked with that in a previous city. And he said, well, let me make a phone call. Another phone call later and he was just like, okay, well, I'm gonna take you guys and at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, we're gonna meet with the director. And so we did, we went and we met with the director and asked if they needed help. And I mean, immediately that week, we had our foot in the door and started teaching English classes, um, started bringing kids home on the weekends um, who were in the process of being prepared to be adopted overseas. One of the coolest things was uh, our contact who we talked to on a regular basis. We were just throwing out ideas of different trainings that we could do in the future. And, and as we were taking these kids home on the weekends and she was just like, now we're realizing that a lot of these kids who get adopted, they end up going to Christian families. And we don't really know anything about that. So, so maybe you guys could teach the kids about that because we don't know what to teach them. So here this door that we'd been praying for, I mean, years up until getting to that city, um, being able to take that risk and listen to the Lord and do something that we thought, you know, could jeopardize our career, really opened the door to be able to do what, what God had put on our hearts from the beginning. Um, I, I met with uh, Pastor Jim and uh, Kingdom Builders, and they, they picked us up and have been supporting us uh, faithfully uh, for quite a few years, and uh, we're, we're so thankful uh, for this church and, and what you guys mean to us and knowing that you guys are praying for us and that you're, you're behind us as, as we go to the field, and uh, it means the world to us. Knowing that you've supported us, but also that you're sending people out is so encouraging. Um, and yeah, we, we literally could not do what we do without your support, without the prayers um, every day that we're there, no matter if it's a great day or a really hard day, um, we are so thankful and we feel so privileged to serve where we do. Um, and knowing that none of that would be possible without your support and prayers. Bethany and I would love to just personally thank each and every one of you that have been faithfully supporting uh, the work here uh, through Kingdom Builders, and uh, we cannot do this work without you, and we're so thankful for each and every one of you, the sacrifices that you've made, uh, the decisions that you've decided that you couldn't do, and you wanted to support the work, uh, every one of those decisions is, is huge, uh, not on our behalf, but on what the, our Father is doing around the world. It is so important and so vital, and, and we thank you. Thank you. Who else here is a grandparent? You're, you're a grandparent. Is it like kids were okay, and then you had yours, and they were, those were special? But as a grandparent, are all kids just the best thing to look at in the whole world now, or is that just me? I see them up there like they're, they're, they're reading books. I'm like, oh, aren't they sweet? Then you see them praying together, and you start crying. Anybody else just, 
kids praying in Northern Asia because you're not allowed to say other countries that are, you're not allowed to do that. But to be given the permission, not just the permission, but the mandate, could you teach them about Jesus from a government official in that country? It's pretty incredible. So how many of you guys know God answers prayer? Come on, say it again. God answers prayer. He does. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. And uh, as you do that, Acts chapter 10, just a real quick announcement about next month. Uh, Pastor Jason, my, my, the second lady of Freedom Center Church, uh, told you already, but we're doing a new series next week, uh, starting next week, and it's going to be called Let's Talk About Dirt, the parable of the seed and the sower. We're going to be discussing the, the four different types of soil that produced four different results with the seed that's the Word of God. So the seed that fell upon ground that had been trampled down, we're going to talk next week. Like, what is it that trampled down um, people's hearts to a place where the Bible comes, they say, I don't believe that. I don't want to believe that. Like, don't, don't even talk to me about Jesus. You ever witnessed to somebody or shared your faith with them and they were like militantly like, no, stay out of my face. That's trampled ground. That's ground that somebody's hurt that. Somebody's compacted that. So the next week we'll talk about the heart and then the seed that fell upon the, the rocky soil sprung up right away, but as soon as persecution or some sort of sacrifice came because of the word, they fell away. I'm going to talk about the, the heart, week number one, but the head, week number two. That's why that question we asked you, like, what are the questions or concerns that are common to you or the people around you? Because we want to get deeper into the soil, not just an emotional response, but, but something that can actually stand the test and that requires faith. And we'll talk about the seed that fell amongst the weeds. That should be hard because we're Americans. We have lots of cares and worries and pleasures and troubles. And uh, not, not recently, but our forefathers had troubles. We're fine now, but uh, they had troubles. And then the last week we'll come back and talk about what happens when we get it. Like what happens when, that, when the seed hits the soil of our lives or the lives of others, how exciting that is. So be a part of it. I have really enjoyed this summer series. This is our probably fifth year we've done a summer seminar series. Very different this year. I think prayer was the perfect topic for us to discuss. And I, I just want to share a quick testimony as you're going to Acts chapter 10 there. Um, I, I got the privilege to speak at a friend's uh, church last Saturday, a men's conference that they had. It's kind of like barbecue and guys and God and guns. I mean, I think that's a, that's a decent way to spend the day, all those things together. So we're shooting stuff and we're eating stuff that we already shot and we're talking about Jesus. And I, they gave me 20 minutes to talk about something. I talked about prayer because that's where my, my heart is. That's where my heart has been for months. And, uh, I, and then I turned them loose to pray. And I got to say, I was so proud of the men of Freedom Center Church. There was, there was such a beautiful... I'm not going to say difference, like we were better than, I, I, I don't mean that at all, but when I said go, everywhere there's a Freedom Center man, they took charge of the table and they began to pray. And every place there was, and I literally had to come back and say, guys, come on, it's, don't, don't talk to each other, don't kibitz, like share your heart, a one word need, and then pray with one another. And some guys are like, oh, it's so awkward. I'm like, well, I, I gave them an analogy, like, like when you first got married, was it awkward to you know, be unclothed in front of your wife? They said, yes. I said, but you got over that, didn't you? Come on, we can get over this. We can get through this. And so that I challenged them, and some of them got it, and some just desperately wanted to be married after that. So let's move on. Acts chapter 10. You guys ready to get in the Word? All right, we've talked about the mechanics of prayer. We've talked about the tactics of prayer. Tonight we're going to talk about the timing. Specifically, what does it mean when we say praying through? Praying until something happens, right? Um, I've heard people say, listen, you ask God once. And once you've asked him, if you ask him a second time, it's a lack of faith. You've asked him. He's heard you. Never repeat a prayer. I go, well, that kind of runs contradictory. I mean, I get what you're coming from, but Jesus talked about asking over and over again in different parables coming and saying, you know, the, the widow that had a judge that lived next door and he didn't fear God and men, but she kept insisting, help me, help me, help me. And finally he said, okay, I'll, I'll give you justice. I mean, that's an analogy of Jesus or a parable of Jesus to teach us to be consistent and persistent 
in prayer. So that, that kind of goes out the window. Um, do, I, do I pray intensely, constantly? Is there, I mean, is there no rest? I need to just pray, 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 and do nothing else until God answers? I, I mean, again, that parable would say yes, but I also see places where Jesus doesn't say that in Matthew chapter 6, where we've camped out for the last three months. So it's kind of hard sometimes. Like, how do I know when I've prayed? How do I know when God's heard? How do I know when it's okay to relax? How do I know when to rest? And how do I know when it's time to fight? And here's my answer. Very simple, but it's the acronym PUSH. You pray until something happens. Come on. It's that simple. If we try to get formulaic when it comes to relationship, we end up with non-relational formulas. If the formula of my marriage is every January 14th on our wedding anniversary, I give her a single rose for every year of our marriage, and I come to her this year with 32 roses, all displayed, all the same color they've always been, in the same container I've always used, from the same florist I've always used, and I say, here, here's your 52 roses. Are we good? How many of you guys know we're not? I mean, I, I did something that makes sense. It's mechanically sound, but how many of you guys know my wife doesn't want mechanics, she wants romance? She's not here tonight, so I can talk about her. All right? Listen, the relationship is more than mechanics. There's mechanics in relationship. I think it's very nice to present a rose for every year we've been married. Ladies, am I right or wrong? Right. And now, boy, I'm going to say, right. Okay, good. But it, it's, not, it's not that the mechanics are wrong. How many of you guys know that mechanics, the mechanics are supposed to help you with relationship, not relationship with mechanics? So sometimes we pray for a lifetime, and we never see the answer to our prayers. Pastor Adam said that about a month ago. He said, our prayers outlive us that the prayers we pray can actually have a life that's longer than our physical bodies. The prayers we pray can outlive us. And sometimes it's, I don't know, I just know it. I some, I'll be honest with you, this is not going to help you at all, but here's my testimony. Sometimes I know when it's time that I just God's heard me. I just know it. How do you know? What's the feeling? What, is there a vibration? Is there a disturbance in the force? Do you see a, a pink butterfly? And every time you see a pink butterfly, it isn't that way. It's just relational. I know when my wife has heard me. I, I, I know when my sons have heard me, whether it's a disciplinary word or it's an encouraging word. I remember one time my oldest son, is, he's a little prone to not receiving praise, and I said, I'm really proud of you, and I, and I love you, and I respect you. He said, I, 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 Dad, I know, I know. I said, but no, I, he heard me, but he, he like parried away. Let me say it again. I love you, Joshua. I, I think you're awesome. I'm, like, I, I, you're like 10, and I respect you. It's odd. Like, you're mature, you're wise, you're a good young man, and you're going to be a great man. I, okay, Dad, okay. I, no, stop it. Do, quit praying this way. I love you. He said, Dad, I know. I said, tell me how you know. He said, I know like I'm standing here right now on the ground. I know that you love me. I said, good. We'll talk again tomorrow. Because you need to know that. And the same thing's happening here. Sometimes you just know that you've broken through somehow. Sometimes you know God has heard you. you don't, sometimes you know that if there was an obstacle, it's gone now. But regardless, it's really vital to do this one thing. Remember, this is the first statement we made, that all, all, everything in the kingdom flows out of relationship with the king. Please hear me. If I've taught you the mechanics of prayer without teaching you the relationship of prayer, please forgive me. Because without knowing him, prayer is more like witchcraft. It's, it's more like black magic. It's more like manipulating the spiritual realm for the physical benefit of yourself. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is a father-son. It, it's, prayer is a daddy-daughter dance. Prayer is an intimate, beautiful, powerful, and sometimes quiet thing, but it's always highly relational. It's always about relationship. Because of this, sometimes we are gonna pray some really big prayers. I, I wish I had time tonight to just kind of go around the room and say, okay, what's the biggest prayer you ever had the faith to pray? 
because I, I think it'd be fun just to take 10 minutes. Maybe you can do this in your groups this week, you know, the groups that are meeting and, and men's Bible studies on Wednesday morning, all that stuff. What's the biggest prayer you've ever prayed? I think it'd be fun to hear what that was. Um, it's little prayers. I think it'd be fun to say, what's the littlest prayer you ever prayed? Talk about the longest prayer, the shortest prayer. And, and I've heard people say, so mechanically, like, which one's the most powerful? My answer is just simply yes. Because relationships about prayer, whether you, and please hear me, and I gotta say this the right way, so maybe just hear my heart. Whether you get what you want from God is secondary to just getting God. Because I am so grateful God didn't answer some of my prayers. I'm so grateful God didn't give me that woman. He gave me my woman. I'm so grateful God didn't give me that position. He gave me this position. I'm so grateful that things I didn't know enough to, not to ask for. I, I mean, I, God, please, I mean, she's so this or that job is so that or that title is so whatever. I want that. I'm so glad that God sometimes says no. I'm glad because once it's just relational, I can trust him with his answers, right? So all these are powerful. All these prayers are important. But look, look at what God can do with a short prayer. People say, well, if you're going to pray, you've got to pray for at least an hour because stuff happens after the first half hour that doesn't happen after the first 15 minutes. I think there's some truth to that, like in all relationship, Time is important. But look at a short prayer here. Let's look at this short prayer. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. It says, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter, so this is the apostle Peter, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Now, let me, let me just say this. He goes up on the roof. They're, they're going from one place to another. They're staying at a house of a guy named Simon the Tanner. And he's hungry. They get there and they're like hanging out. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm hungry. Is, is there anything to eat? Well, no, it's going to take a little while to get some food ready. Okay, I'm just going to go on the roof for a while and just spend some time with Jesus. Now, how many guys know he's not going up there to usher in a brand new phase of missionary work that, will, that you can draw a straight line from that prayer to your salvation if you're a Gentile? That's not what he's doing. He's going up there just to spend some time with Jesus. It's a short prayer. He goes, yeah, how long does it take to fix a meal? To, you know, boil some water and put in a fish or, you know, what's he got, maybe half an hour? There's not microwaves, but it isn't like they weren't thinking about eating that day. So they're just heating something up. They're just moving something over. They're just going down to get a, a loaf of bread from the local bread guy or whatever. So it doesn't take long. He goes up on the roof, and as he's up there, listen to what happens. God meets him there and gives him a vision. The vision is there's like a large sheet, and it's being let down by the four corners, and on it is all these different animals. And some of the animals are unclean. In other words, the, the, a strict Jewish diet does not allow that. These are unkosher animals. These are pigs. These are, you know, all sorts of different, like insects, stuff that he's not allowed to eat. And he hears his voice said, go, kill, and eat. And as an Orthodox Jew, it would be kind of like, I'm trying to think of what it would be for you, um, for us just as believers. It's, it's something that we're not allowed to do being put in front of you, and there it is. Like all of a sudden, a sheet comes down from heaven, and there's an Ohio State football player there. You know what I'm saying? Like just something's, something's wrong. I just, and it says there, cheer for this. There's something inside. He goes, like, I could never do that. That's, that's wrong. I couldn't do it. And so he says to the voice that he hears in the vision, surely not. I, I will never, like, no, I, this is clean, baby. Mama cleaned this, and I've been cleaning it since I'm a man. There's no, I will never eat that. And he has a vision, comes down a second time. Same thing, kill and eat. He's like, no, third time, kind of kill and eat. And all of a sudden, these visitors come from this guy whose house is named Cornelius. He's had a vision as well. Send for this guy named Peter. You're going to find him at Simon the Tanner's house. And they walk in and say, hey, Peter, somebody's here for you. He's had this vision. And what the vision is about, it's not about breaking his kosher diet. The vision was about including people into the body of Christ that were not Jewish. Maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't. But all the disciples are Jewish. All the apostles are Jewish. All the early church stuff, it's Jewish. 
And God is saying, my love not only extends to my covenant people, the children of Abraham, it also extends to everybody that's been the Philistines, the, the Amorites, the Stinkerites, all the bad guys in all the Old Testament stories. My love is big enough to encompass all of them. And Jesus not only died for the Jews, he died for all mankind. How many of you guys are getting this? But they didn't know that then. It's common for us now. We kind of think of... The, the, the Christian church being a Gentile church and the Jewish church being a synagogue and Orthodox Judaism. But back in the day, the only believers on the planet were Jewish. So God says, my love is big enough to just encompass everybody. He has this vision. Now remember the context. Are you still here? He didn't go up to usher in a missions movement that would take the next 2,000 years to get to where we are. He went up because lunch wasn't ready and he just wanted to spend a few minutes with God. So let me ask you this question. Are short prayers powerful? Can, can five minutes in the presence of God change the eternity of billions? Literally what happened as he went up just to throw a quick one up to God and spend some time with him. Other short prayers, you think about it. Nehemiah is going to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And the king, you know, says, what do you want? And he says, then I prayed to my God. And I said, how many guys know that wasn't like I prayed to my God. I'll be back in like three weeks. I'm going to pray to my God. You ever been given an opportunity to do something and you prayed, but it wasn't like this, our Father in heaven or Lord, thanks for the food. It's like, a, oh, dear God. And then you start talking. Anybody? Come on. And what that is, you say, well, that's, that's the quickest prayer of all. That was like, I wasn't even ready for you to say yes or to, for this door to open up or to slide on the ice. I literally had this happen to me. I was coming over in the Saginaw area, came over this hill. I just passed a semi. I'm going down this like embankment. It's snow covered, but the semi was just, it was just like a whiteout condition. I had to get around him. So I accelerate and kind of, you know, your, your cheeks kind of clench the seat because you're holding on with everything you have. And yeah, I get over the hill and there was an accident at the bottom of the hill. The whole, all I-75 North is at a complete stop and I'm doing like four 40 miles an hour, and I've got from here to the dumpster to stop. How many of you guys know that's not going to happen? This was my eloquent prayer. You ready for this? Here's the spirituality of your senior pastor. Here it comes. I literally calmly said, Jesus, now would be a really great time for you to stop this car, because if you don't, I'm taking out that El Camino, and that's a nice car. So, and I, as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm hitting this, like, pain. Every once in a while, we kind of stop, and, I, and I, it was, I got enough grip that I came to a complete stop, and I looked at Dina like, whew, she looked back at me like, that was your prayer? <laughs> Jesus, this would be a really great time to stop this car? I'm like, hey, baby, I, what is in there comes out at times. It isn't like, okay, what, what's the appropriate prayer? So Nehemiah didn't have time to craft some sort of lengthy whatever. He just said, I prayed to my God, and then I said, right? Think about this, Jesus in the garden. All mankind's at stake. He doesn't want to do this. His words make that clear. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to die. I don't want to be crucified. I don't want this. And then he says this, but if there is no other way, then your will be done, not mine. That's a pretty short prayer. But literally, it's, it's the precursor to the salvation of all mankind. Um, I had a taco in Oaxaca once that I prayed over. My favorite taco stand, Jason will tell you this, it's in, was it Chichotla? Teotitlan, Chichotla, Mexico. Chichotla, Oaxaca, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's so many syllables. And way up in the mountains. And, and it's, the food is fantastic. But let's just, let's just say that, that what's in the taco is meat. Because meat is broad enough. I don't know if it's chicken, beef, fluffy, uh, Fido. I, I don't know, but it's, it's wonderful. And, but like, they don't refrigerate their mayonnaise. So they, they just stir the brown stuff into it. 
the little the, the slime and the brown, and, they, and then they put it on. What, like, so how many of you guys know that sometimes you pray, Lord, thanks for this food, and sometimes you pray real quickly because you don't want to insult your host. God, there's going to be a fight inside of me, and I want you to kill it <laughs> because it's going to try to kill me. Uh, there's the Oaxacan diet. I don't want to be on the Oaxacan diet. The Oaxacas, you know what that is? You're just, never mind. But I'm telling you, it's, it's awful, right? Um, I, I, one of the, the most wonderful gifts that God's given to me, it was literally I walked up there, I was mad about something. Some people had hurt me, and I was frustrated. I wanted to get back at them. I, was, I just, that ain't Jesus. I'm going to take a walk with Jesus. Jesus, just speak to my heart. And as I was coming down that hill, I just walked to the top of the hill and walked back. What's that, 10 minutes? I heard the, just the Holy Spirit say, while billions wait, this is what you're thinking about. While billions wait to hear the gospel for the first time, stop it. Your life has a greater meaning than arguing on social media about stupid things. This is 10 years ago, by the way. While billions wait for the gospel, you are to think about the billions and my love for them and nothing else, son. Do you hear me? I said, yes, sir, I hear you. That was a short prayer. Um, There was a phone interview that happened about 25 years ago between a church board and a 29-year-old kid that was terrified. And I walked around the parking lot and said, God, my, my simple prayer was, God, please don't let me look stupid. How many of you guys know that's an act of great faith? Don't let me look stupid. But I'm trying to say simply this. Your story would fit into this, right? The quick prayer that you pray, but it changed everything. God, give me the nerve to ask her out. God, give me, give me the nerve to ask for a raise. God, give me the nerve to quit and follow my dreams. Whatever it is, understand this. Please hear me. Sometimes we think that the longer or the louder, the more powerful. I'm telling you, if God's in it, it's powerful before you started talking. Short prayers, long prayers. It doesn't matter. Let's take a look at a long prayer. This is kind of fun. This is the house of Cornelius. I got to read it off of this. At Caesarea, there was a man. This is earlier in the same chapter, by the way. Uh, There's a man named Cornelius, a centurion. So he's a soldier. He's a Roman. He's in charge of a large group of people in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need. Look at this. And he prayed to God regularly. Now, he's a Gentile, and he doesn't know Jesus. He's about to be the first Gentile convert to Christianity. Um, but he's praying to the God that he knows, if you will. Not, not some pagan God. He's, he's a God-fearing man. The Jewish people there love him. He's praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he doesn't know Jesus. He's not born again, but he has a reverence for God. Now, look at this. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear, which is probably the right response. Uh, is, is everything okay, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers, look at this, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Please hear me. We talked about the short prayer and how powerful that is, but I want you to know something else. Your prayers that are faith here become substance in the presence of God. You've you got to hear that. That wasn't a short prayer that he threw up real quick on the roof. Peter's prayer was a short prayer on the roof. But that short prayer, God was answering this man's prayer. It, what he's saying is this. You are, you are like a believer in so many ways. Your heart is like my heart. Your care for the poor is an extension of my love for them. Your prayers to me, even though you don't know who I am, you, you see from afar and you see the Jews and you see and you, somehow you've connected me with that and there's a grace on you to know what you can know of me, but there's so much more of me to know. And I want you to know, as I'm looking around heaven and I'm looking at all the different memorials and all the different things that have been created by the prayers and the praises of my people, yours stood out to me. Because yours was of somebody that was a Gentile. As I was looking for the first Gentile convert, I want you to know, what you did in that prayer built something as a sacrifice, as a memorial in my presence. Hear me now. There are prayers I believe that you and I will pray in faith that will not come to pass in our lifetime. But that doesn't mean they didn't 
build something tangible in the presence of God that God will remember and answer. I have no doubt in my mind that my salvation has to do a lot with people I never knew. People that died before I, I knew to say thank you. Um, and if you think about this, uh, there's, there's things like the peace of Jerusalem. We're instructed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I don't know if you've watched the news lately. I mean, it, it's, it's better than most of our major cities, but it's still got all kinds of problems, the, the Arabs and the Jews and the Palestinians and the politics and the bombs and the mortars and, you know what I mean? There's no peace there, but we're instructed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I may not see it in my lifetime, but I'm instructed to pray for it, and as I do, my prayers join with the prayers of people for the last couple of thousand years, and they build something that God will remember and respond to. How many of us know that when the Israelites are praying for 400 years for deliverance, they're groaning, help me. I just, God, if you're out there, please help me. After 400 years, it had built something, and God said, it's time. I see what they built in their prayers. The return of the Lord. We're, we're instructed in Revelations to pray the last verse. You know, the spirit and the bride say, come. Like, we are the bride. And we're praying for the return of the Lord to come back and, and you know, rescue the bride and, and establish his final church and, you know, show us the, the new Jerusalem. I mean, that's, that's all the millennium. Like, it's really going to be cool. And we're instructed to pray for that. But they've been praying for this now every generation for the last 2,000 years. They haven't seen it yet, but their prayers are making a difference. Are you getting this? Let me make it a little bit simpler. Pastor Burke. How many of you guys remember Pastor F.E. Burke, the founding pastor of our church? Um, 25 plus 33 years ago, subtracted from 2020, whatever, I think it's 1958 or something. I, I promise you, he came to this town and just prayed over it. Like that was the foundation. He prayed over it. How many of you guys know we are still in the process of answering the prayers of a man who died many years ago? I prayed for Dina for a long time before I met her. It built something in the presence of God. I really think that one of the reasons God preserved me, if you will, from not marrying other women is because of the prayer that I prayed. I, this is, and again, I don't, I, you're not supposed to use yourself as an example, but here, here's the truth. Here's my testimony. I prayed this simple prayer. God, make it so obvious that a blind man could see it because I don't want to marry the wrong person. Don't, don't get me into her life a minute before she's ready and don't bring her into my life a minute before she's ready because if we're not ready we'll just screw it up so keep me for her keep her from me uh, I prayed for my wife every time I missed her I never met her but I prayed for her every time how many guys know that sometimes you shouldn't think about cheeseburgers when you're hungry you know what I mean but sometimes you should and I, every time I'd be lonely for my wife whoever she was wherever she was I would just remember to pray for her every morning when I, when I prayed every morning I prayed for my wife wherever she is God bless her today I, I became if you will very close to Dina before I'd ever met her so that when Dina walked through the door for the first time I spent 20 minutes with her in the foyer way she walked out the door I looked at the kids standing next to me I said that's the girl I'm going to marry how did I know? Because I'd been praying for her for years. That when she walked in, a part of me knew who she was. That was a, that was a building. That was a long, long prayer. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, right about here in my estimation, uh, every Monday, we used to have you know, one service, then two, and then three back in the old auditorium. Presses, you'd remember that, right? The, you know, the Saturday night services and the Sunday morning. and the, I used to lead worship and preach and just all this kind of acid reflux fest, you know, 97. And uh, so by the time Monday came around, I wasn't even sure I was a Christian anymore. Like I was tired. I didn't like anybody, including myself. So we had an old blue and white van. Remember the, remember the blue and white van? You probably went to Bible quiz matches in the blue and white van back there, you know? And, and I remember um, it was the coolest church van in the world because it had two nine millimeter bullet holes in it. I thought, wait, the mean streets of Fenton have really 
taking their toll on this poor van. But I would park it behind. There used to be a pavilion here. It was a cement pad and a pavilion like you could sit underneath it. There's some picnic tables. I would park the church van behind it and the, the height of the van and the, the roof is about the same height. And I would get on top of it and no one could see me. And I would lay on top of the roof right about here and I'd ask God for what I'm looking at right now 25 years later. Short prayers have a value. Long prayers have a value. I don't, I don't know how to explain to you when to stop. I just know this, that the, the math of prayer is very, very simple. Here it is. It's God plus your prayers equals everything. And without that, without that everything, you'll say, well, God's sovereign. God's going to do what he wants to do. I don't find that in Scripture at all, guys. I find occasions where God's just going to do what he wants to do. But so often, God, what he's doing is in response to what we're doing. It's our prayers. It's our obedience. It's our faith. It's our sacrifice. We're activating another world in this world through those things. And so I'm, I'm just telling you here tonight, um, we've come a long ways. I can't think of a better summer to have taught on prayer because I can't remember a time where there was so much to pray about. And so much just, just to be in God's presence to make sure that my head screwed on straight before I open my face. To make sure my heart's right before I just talk. I did, by a show of hands, being honest, has anybody here had a conversation where you just kind of vented and afterwards you're like, ah, oh, I, I shouldn't have said those things. Anybody besides me? Everybody. Is there anybody that hasn't done that this summer? I'm just curious. Okay, you're scratching your face, Janet, but I thought maybe you're like, oh yeah, that's, like, you know, like well, you, then you should be standing here, lady, because I'm, I'm, I'm just... If, if in my lifetime there's another time like this, I think I'll be better at it. But it just, every morning you wake up, it kind of feels like the first time. Um, two things I've complained about to the Lord recently is like, man, are we still here? And, and man, why am I not better at it yet? Are we still so upset? Are we still so divided? Are we still, you know what I mean? And why, why am I not, that, not the world, just me. Like, why is my heart not better for this? And I find that when I have breakthroughs, I don't have them because I've, I've read a book. I don't have breakthroughs because my counselor gave me a key to unlock something. I don't have breakthroughs because I read a Bible verse that I didn't know prior to the stuff. I have breakthroughs because I get in the presence of God in something called prayer. And a part of my heart is surgically removed and a part of his heart is surgically implanted. And all of a sudden, I don't, I don't have those frustrated conversations as much or at all. I just want to say this to you. If there has ever been a season where we should be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to become angry, and on our knees. I know of no greater time, maybe since the missile crisis in 68. I, I think this is it. Church, let me just ask you this as we, as we close today. How you doing? Are you, are you passing the tests prayerfully? Are you feeling the tests because you're reaching for something besides Jesus? You're, you're reaching to your favorite commentary, um, you're reaching for your favorite. Uh, I, my, my, I have young people in my lives. So they teach me things I don't know. Like there's algorithms where if I look up van conversions, you're laughing because you know this, like you know everything, right? But if I look up uh, like algorithms for, for our just, I want how to convert a van into a camper, all of a sudden my feed is all camper van stuff on YouTube. My, uh, there's ads that pop up. Do you want a, a porta potty for your van? I'm like, that's pretty specific. You know, like who, how, do you, how would you mass market a porta potty? Like the Destroylet 5000. 
like the destroylet. <laughs> like, you know that was made by a man. <laughs> and that woman's like, we should call it a destroylet. Men are like, destroylet, you know. So I'm realizing that you can get quickly, like, rabbit hole down to one point of view and think that everybody thinks the way you think. I would much rather that we as the body of Christ got into his presence and thought the way that he thinks, speak the way that he speaks. So we've had a wonderful summer, uh, the 2020 summer. If it wasn't the murder hornets, you know, it was something else. But this, is, this has been a great summer to talk about prayer because by now either you're praying or you're suffering from the lack of it. By now you're praying, you're seeing mountains move, or you're getting crushed by the mountains and the pain's going to cause you to want to do something else besides it. So as we close out this whole thing, I just simply say this to you, pray. You're good at it. You're really good at it. I'm not talking about your eloquence. Very few are eloquent. But everybody's good at prayer. Two-year-old, red face, empty cup, dada, wawa. How many of you know what he wants? What we lack in our ability to communicate eloquently, God more than makes up with his ability to understand what we're asking for and really what we need. You're good at prayer because God's good at hearing your prayers. Short prayers, long prayers, God will use it all. Would you stand to your feet tonight? If you believe in miracles, it is now 7.30. I've ended on time. And that's a miracle. That's a miracle. Father, I pray for my friends in this room right now. We've asked one simple thing all summer long. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We have an opponent. We have an enemy. There's a scheme. And we're not ignorant of it. I pray that you would continue us on this journey of praying. I'm so proud of the men that just got in circles and prayed Saturday. I'm so proud of the people that are learning to just bow their heads, learning to speak their minds when it's your mind, learning learning to walk in peace, learning to, to bring life like water into a desert, God. Learning. I just, I'm so thankful for the people that you sent here today and those that you'll send here in the days to come, God. We pray right where Pastor Burke prayed. We pray right where a kid used to lay on top of a van and just come to you because so exhausted. I, I thank you, God. We stand right here. At one point, the KKK used to burn crosses on that hill, and Pastor Burke prayed and said, I, I just claim this ground for the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom. And from that day to this day, you've been answering that prayer. I thank you for that, God. Prayer is powerful. You are powerful, mighty God through prayer. We just thank you for it. Now I pray as we close out this series that you would continue to teach us. Teach us to pray. Teach us long prayers, short prayers, and medium prayers, and daily prayers, and quick prayers, and slow prayers, meditative prayers, and warfare prayers. God, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Faith in a prayer-answering God will produce a prayer-loving people. May we be prayer-loving because you're so prayer-answering. I love you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You say, Jim, I'm just good teaching on prayer. Thanks, but I'm, I'm just not, I'm not right with God. Like, I, I appreciate the Our Father stuff, but I ain't my father. Like, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm a million miles away. Everything Jesus did on that cross, he did for me and for you. So we could stand in a, a church like this someday, 2,000 years later, and answer his prayer with our faith in him, our trust in him.
If you believe that Jesus loves you, if you believe that God sent him to pay for your sins and for mine, if you believe that he defeated death, hell, and the grave, if you believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, if you believe that he's coming back for a spotless church, not spotless because they, they're, they're, they're perfect, but spotless because he's perfect through them and in them. If you believe, if you trust him, if you need mercy tonight, who else would you turn to? You can turn to me. You didn't offend me. You didn't hurt me. But as we transgress the laws of God, it's in his nature somehow to just want to stay in relationship. That's why we can pray. So we can stay in relationship. If you need Jesus tonight, just cry out, God, I need you. I need you. Forgive me. Help me. Love me. Speak to me. And God is always ready to answer that prayer. I've been doing this a long, 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 long time, 30 more years. Never seen God not answer that prayer. Someone said, forgive me. I've never once had somebody come back and say, I don't think he did. <laughs> never once. Isn't that odd? I just thought of that. Never once has somebody come back and say, I prayed and asked God to forgive me, but he didn't do it. Never once. I think God really has waited a long time to hear you say, I need you. So with your own heart tonight, would you reach out and just tell him, I need you. And I promise you'll answer that prayer. It's his favorite prayer. Father, I pray you make us born again by your spirit. And you lead us, guide us, bless us, make us a blessing. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.